Hello and welcome to the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by the fastest waiver in the West, Kyle Hilliard. I get to go first. That was my, <laughs> that's what I was trying to pull off. Diabolical. Then we have Jeff, the sepia Marchiafava. I'm going to figure out the colors one of these days. No, it's fine. Uh, and then we have Janet Garcia. Welcome. I don't get a cool thing. Uh, let's see. Janet, the freaky eyes on the neck Garcia. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what's going on That's on your horrifying. shirt. It's a sweater reference for those who might be listening. Yeah. Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thank you all for being here. We have a lot to get through on this episode of the podcast. We're going to be talking about the DC fandom. Should be fun. Talking about some games there. Maybe a movie or two, Kyle Hilliard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then some fun indie games. Or just, uh, yeah. Some educational things along the way, but in a way, this entire podcast is educational. Uh, then we'll be bringing in Sarah Podzorski, talking Animal Crossing, talking the Outer Wilds DLC, and then we'll be talking, but the only reason we'll be talking is to be answering your community questions that were submitted over on Patreon, because that's what we're here to do, Jeff, is to answer every question anybody has, yes? Absolutely. Okay, great. <laughs> And every question is going to be answered with that enthusiasm. It's just going to be Uh dripping from Jeffum's soul. Uh, But we like those community questions so much that recently we've been sliding up one of those community questions to the tip top of the show for a section we call Community Kickoff. I don't know. Chandler. We need some like, sort of. I've never been more aware that you do not sports than in that exact <laughs> moment. When I saw it happening in slow motion. It was horrifying. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Chandler submitted a question, which I think is a good, a good humdinger, a good hum thinker. Uh, he says, if you had to choose, would you only play games where you play as a human main character or games where you play as anything else? For the sake of this question, just consider anything that looks like a human a human. Classic mistake. You don't okay. want to do that in sci-fi. The li- Link's a human. Right. I, I don't know if Link really... Those ears, man. I don't know if that qualifies. Because then oh, it can be Link, like... Link counts. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like know. Link should count. If they're, le- if they're letting looks like a human count... Do you I look like, like a yeah. human if you have 14-foot ears or whatever's going on with Link? Yeah, that line. It's not like he's Jack or anything like that. I feel yeah, like... Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's I the question. Like Jack. an allowance there. So, okay, you, does Jack count? Mm-hmm. I, I guess for the purposes of this question, it does. I feel like a bipedal humanoid, you know, yeah. I feel like it is... I think humans the, and the humanoids. Alternate is like, yeah, so I think Jack and Link would count. I don't think Okami. I don't think a Matarasu would count. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. So, and, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't count like a Sly Cooper. Okay. Uh, no. No. Yeah, of course. Th- yeah. One that's. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> or like the person from the Katamari Damacy. Like that's not a person, right? Cartoon. <sighs> yeah, I think. Well, because like, you're definitely not like you have. You're like you can't. No, that's not a person. Not right? a person. I don't not know. Person. Maybe they are. But this is the thing, like Chandler brings up that like human category seems overwhelming, but you start thinking about it and stuff like Tetris. I mean, Starcraft oh. is out. Kyle Picross is out. All racing games are out. Oh. WarioWare is out. I'd have to play. I'd have to play Picross on paper. Mm-hmm. Like some kind of game. Or you'd have to like <laughs> oh write every number as like a little human being, <laughs> like doing a shape <laughs> to address a number. I think. I think or I have to about, go human hey, though. Hold on. I think human. Yeah, what about games like Murder by Numbers where you are playing as a human, but the gameplay yes. is Picross puzzles? That's allowed because you're, you're playing as a human. The mm-hmm. gameplay is you just are. like you're a different. A 
is just yeah. the pick cross gameplay. I think I mean, it's also not as good as pick cross, so that's still like a trait. You're still saying there's just no making a sacrifice. You know yeah. what I mean? In the original pick cross, weren't you like Mario as an archaeologist though? Yeah, technically, yeah, I think so. Something like that. Because it was like a chisel, and and you saw your little hand. Yeah, but Mario's the least human of them all, so I think I'll be an underdog. Maybe I'll go non-human, because I think there's quietly going to be a lot in there, Kyle. Like, all puzzle games, I mean, you need that. I'm going to miss all the platformers. Like, there's a lot of, like, I love platformers. I even love, like, bad platformers. Like, I'll hit that low to high on the eShop and Mm -hmm. just see where the night takes me, you know? And I'm, like, just downloading random things I see. And so many platformers, I feel like, don't have, like, a human character. I mean, I have Mario, so I feel like I have to go human just because I have Mario. I have Link, if you allow some allowances, you know? Like, I have a lot of the big hits. Like, And then for this question, I thought about, like, my favorite games that I played this year. And most of those, you play as a human. I will say, like, Rip to Chicory again, just really getting dragged in the back half of the year. Um, but you know, I still have like Deathloop. I got Life is Strange. I got Bravely Default. I don't have Death's Door anymore, and I don't have Ratchet. So like that's that's kind of an L. Okay. But I still have Resident Evil and uh, Hitman. So it's not too bad. And Returnal too. Which yeah, is, okay. Which one I'm yeah. All right. I, All right. I, I think I'm going human it. too for that reason. <laughs> all right. It's and too for hard that for reason. me. Uh, all right. Thank you, Chandler, for submitting that question over on Patreon. Uh, I don't think Jeff unpicked. I think he pleaded the. Uh, it's it's obviously human. Every. Every shooter in open world game almost is a human running around. Yeah, we need to fix that. Your bio mutants. Right Although, if I said not human, then I'd have an excuse not to finish Red Dead. So, well, if you <laughs> finished Red Dead, you would understand Arthur's true identity. So, I don't want to reveal oh, anymore. Okay. But you should really finish uh, Red Actually Dead. Actually, a horse. <laughs> That's right. I'm sick of you treating horses like. Is that what Arthur sounds like? It's been a while since <laughs> I played Red Dead because <laughs> the game came out a thousand years ago, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, anyways, hey, uh, DC Fandom was this weekend. Uh, they revealed a bunch of new trailers for their stuff. Um, Kyle, am I nuts? Uh, <laughs> am I nuts for focusing too much on how weird it is? How many of those trailers and how many upcoming DC films star superheroes with lightning bolts on their chests? It is well, insane. I get Flash and Black Adam and Shazam, right? Those three. That is true, but Flash has multiple flashes and Shazam has oh, multiple okay. Shazam. So it's just like those trailers are just riddled with people with lightning bolts on their chest. And then they introduce their big new one where it's like, hey, it's The Rock. He's Black Adam. You'll know him as the guy with a cape with a lightning bolt on his chest. Like, are you nuts? <laughs> well, yeah, that is odd, I guess. But I, I guess I, I think of it less because they're like established characters. Like it's almost right. just coincidental, right? You know, if they if they if they introduced three original superheroes this year and they all had lightning bolts, I'd be like, oh, hold right. on a second, guys. Although is they, Black Adam not like a Shazam sequel? I thought it was like I thought I thought they were all in the same like. It might be like the comics. same universe. God help me if it's like a if it's connected to that. Well, original. it's all the same universe, right? I mean, Superman even shows up at the end of Shazam, sort of technically. Kind um, of. But uh, I thought I thought he was like a Shazam villain. Like I was surprised watching the stuff this weekend that there was like no mention of Shazam at all in the Black Adam stuff. But I, th- I could also be dumb. I think he's fully spun out at this point if it is originally connected. Okay. Um, but that <laughs> look, we're not here to talk too much about Black Adam. But that was one of the most pretentious trailers i've ever seen in my life just like the tease where it's like it opens with did you watch this jeff oh. it opens with pierce bras and he's like hello i'm pierce i'm playing dr fate and boy i thought that 007 was crazy but this movie's 
huge. I'm humbled by it. And then is yeah. The Rock coming on and he's like, yeah, you think you understand the power hierarchy of DC Universe? You haven't seen Black Adam. He's the coolest guy. And then this is like the reveal is him just like this shot from the movie of him looking up, like looking all scary and then electrocuting somebody. And it's like, am I supposed to think that this is badass? It's so lame. I mean, they turn to dust. That's pretty scary, I guess. Okay, sure, sure. But the Batman, Kyle, did you watch that trailer too? Hell Yeah. I'm excited for that movie. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, so the Robert Pattinson I, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to find public record. But when the moment they announced Robert Pattinson as Batman, I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm on board. I, it was like a big everyone. That was one uh, that people were upset about. I remember uh, Xander Cannon, comic book artist, once uh, described his age to me as... Uh, I don't care who they cast as I'm I I am I don't care who they cast as Batman years old. <laughs> so it's like really funny. Wow. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm there. I think I'm there. I just want to see new people trying new things with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I've I've been excited for Pattinson as Batman for a while. Yeah, uh, and that's going to be all the Batman we get because the gaming world. Um refuses to give us Batman because we got a new look at Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, uh, the new Rocksteady game, the big co-op Suicide Squad game from Rocksteady, which was cool, Kyle, because it opened in the trailer with the first shot being... I don't remember. Arkham Asylum, man. They have like the opening shot from Arkham Asylum, like calling back to Rocksteady's roots. It's so cool. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's that confusing thing of like, okay, that's right. There are multiple DC games. Obviously, there's Gotham Knights and then Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. And Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is the one that is canonical with the Arkham games. Yes. And then Gotham well, Knights seems is not. To be. I mean, it's seems the Rocksteady one, right? So. Right. And the fact that they open with that Arkham Asylum callback seems to yeah. be connecting it in a little bit more of a way. Um, but what was your takeaway from the new trailer, Kyle? Uh, it was nice to see gameplay. It was. It was. There's. There's a lot of like uh, story and cutscene. You know, yeah. which I guess I shouldn't be surprised by. But I, when it was, you know, a co-op four-player co-op game, I was like, oh, it'll probably be. You know, there won't be as many cutscenes and story moments in this one. Uh, but I think I'm wrong about that. Which is. Which is cool. I'm okay with that. Yeah, they're really focusing on the on the story for this trailer here. But Janet, did you watch this stuff? Uh, I only checked it out like briefly, kind of just across social media. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I feel like at this point it is it is in that camp of I don't think there's anything that they could show that would get me more or less excited. I feel like the pitch is mm. in, is inherently kind of intriguing, and I'm just looking forward to checking it out. Um, my my history with like this kind of stuff, um, I've played a little bit of some of like the Batman games, and they were I had a really good time. I just didn't I just didn't keep going. Like sure. I just put it down, then didn't come back. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to like finally be in from like the ground on this one and be part of that conversation. And I hope they, it, it's pulled off as something that's really exciting. Uh, I am yeah. not sure that it will be, but it'd be really cool if it was. So there's like kind of a lot of, I think, hype and weight on this one a little bit. It's a little stressful. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared about this game. <laughs> like I'm rooting for it. Obviously, I've loved a lot of Rocksteady's games in the past, but at the same time, it's like, now it's such a weird thing, especially in a story-focused trailer, when they're hitting jokes, and it's like, well, we just saw surprisingly good Suicide Squad jokes earlier this year <laughs> with the movie, which felt like a miracle that that was released. You no, know, like every joke in this trailer, it's like, ah, it's funny. It's not, it's not James Gunn funny, but you know, pretty funny, I guess, for a video game trailer. <laughs> it's here. not Lollipop Chainsaw funny. And what but, can uh, be? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. I because like the pitch, all I need to know is new rocks. 
Rocksteady game. It doesn't even have to be a DC Universe game. Just new Rocksteady game is enough to get me excited. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just, I, I'm not, co-op is, I'm not, I hope there's like a mode where I can just play by myself and take in the story and stuff because that's what I want. I don't really want to play a co-op, if that makes sense. Yeah. I was really hoping for more of a gameplay deep dive from either Gotham Knights or Suicide Squad at DC Fandome, but it's it was kind of slick just kind of hey suicide squad is going to be have wonder woman in it. it's going to have uh the justice league obviously yeah. and it was um, all in it, it was all in engine as near as i can tell I, okay. I don't think there was any reason to believe that it wasn't the sure. first one was fully pre-rendered the first trailer but i will say but it's funny because i love rocksteady i love the batman arkham games like some of the best games ever made period but i'm more excited for the gotham game really just because i like the idea of playing as um, you know, Robin and Nightwing and Batgirl and or Bat was she Batwoman? I'm not really sure what how they dis- distinguish her name, but like, and the Court of Owls stuff is just cool. I'm invested in that comic. Hanson and I both read that. Like, I'm just more interested in playing as like the Wayne family of superheroes than I am as the Suicide Squad. If totally that makes sense. Even though it seems uh, so like I, yeah. It seems like there's some tease of Batman in the Suicide Squad game, like there's that weird ramshackle Batmobile where it's like, okay, what is going on here? Yeah. What is Batman's role going to be? Is he going to be? I mean, if you Arkham Knight at a hundred, if you like a hundred percent Arkham Knight, there is some like I won't spoil it. I, you can go look it up, but it's like a weird tease for like what could potentially be the future of the Arkham universe as it relates to Batman. It's very strange, and I don't even really know i didn't even at the time when i unlocked it i was like i don't know what to take away from that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah just sat there yeah but gotham, yeah kind of but gotham knights was cool um for them to lean so much into the court of owl stuff like you mentioned yeah we just we read yeah. those comics last year we did a max spoilers all about it you know when we thought it'd be timely for this game releasing and being marketed <laughs> yeah, right. and then it turns out it was way ahead of time but if you want to hear our take on just the court of owl storyline with the new min max like uh art and stuff like oh that, okay yeah 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 that's super yeah. smart <laughs> Um, but yeah, Gotham Knights get out there to talk about Court of Owls is going to be, and based on leaks, it said like it was a big part of the story, but wasn't the centerpiece. It's not like this is the story of the Court of Owls. It's probably going to be one of the acts of the overall game here and stuff. But I'm excited to see a game tackle that storyline because it is so awesome, even if Batman is not going to be at the core of it because he's not in this game. In theory, he is dead as they're trying to reconfirm in this with that gravestone. But who really knows? It's comic book stuff. Um, <clears throat> but the part that blows my mind, Jeff, is they didn't give a release date yet for Gotham Knights. It's supposed to be out in 2021, delayed, and even now they're still just saying 2022, which is a little alarming. Do you think they're making it, Jeff? When's that sucker coming out? Predict it. I mean, I would, I would hope so, and I hope it would just be like, yeah, we're confident it's 2022, we just don't want to narrow it down in case we do have to push it a little, but I, I hope they're not like, well, it could be 2023. Yeah, and it's still like that bigger question mark around so many Warner Brothers games about just corporate upheaval at Warner Brothers, how sure is the footing for all of these games, and so it seems a little all over the place. Like there was that Jeff Grubb rumor that uh, NetherRealm is working on another Mortal Kombat game instead of... Injustice 3, just because they're like, we don't know what's going on with Warner Brothers. We don't know if we're going to be sold off as a studio, so we shouldn't go all in on this license that we might not have in the future. 
funny because they just released an animated Injustice movie yeah. like, earlier this week. Right, you know, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, anyways, yeah, Gotham Knights still looking forward to it, rooting for it. We'll see how it all goes yeah. when that stuff eventually comes out. Um, hey, Kyle, there is a game. Yes. There's a game that summarizes Batman's experience, which is called The Good Life. Uh, <laughs> what is this thing? This is the sweary Have game. You missed? You just don't know about Batman's origin story, I guess, if you think he had a good life. I know that in Dark Knight Returns, he was like, And we for should a good hear death. it one more time just to really solidify it <laughs> yeah. from the top. Please. Now, what you is this funny, good life Real quick on that yeah. Batman trailer, everyone's like, looks amazing. And I agree, it looks great. But everyone's like, just don't show me the origin story. I don't want to, I don't want to see it again. And I'm like, Guys, you know who has a really compelling origin story is uh, Batman. I, I I think if it's done well, like, do it cool. Like, I don't know. It's all part of the larger story. We don't need to just, like, shuffle it under the rug, I mean, necessarily. If, if 15 minutes of that new movie was the origin story again, you'd sit there blissfully? If it's cool, it, it can be done <laughs> in a cool way, is all I'm One saying. One thing that I will say, I, I don't know what camp I fall in anymore. I do get a little tired of, of the origin story, admittedly, but I do think... Because it's so known. Like, I feel like even if you're not, you could have not experienced any Batman and still know that story. Yeah. That the, the fun part is the nuances of it, which inherently, like, is kind of the comic superhero stuff in general, where it is different takes and angles and visions on the same kind of core materials. Um, so I do think it has that angle to it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I could I could take it or leave it, but I wouldn't mind seeing how they would do it. I'm already there. I'm sitting in the theater anyway. It's fine. Anything can be done cool. You know what I mean? It could be done well and be interesting. It doesn't have to just be like totally eliminated. But anyway, the good life. The good life, Kyle. From Sweary. Yeah. (laughs) What is this all about? So Sweary, uh, renowned for Deadly Premonition, which is like the go-to B-tier game, right? Like way too... um, What's the word? Where you're trying to do too much with... with, Ambitious. uh, The resources that you have. Ambitious. It's a... Swery is a very ambitious game director. As seen uh, to, by to Deadly fall. Premonition 2 as well. <laughs> I would argue. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, he, tr- he, he makes, like, these uh, open-world detective games that have really compelling stories and, like, really interesting dialogue and just really good characters. Like, that's where, the, that's where he shines, I think, really well, is just sort of establishing these characters and using the medium of video games to sort of understand that you're spending a lot of time with a single character. Like, Deadly Premonition is cool because, like, it's a character who talks to himself a lot, it, like, contextually, like, it makes sense, and he just has all these discussions with himself about his favorite movies and stuff like that, and which wouldn't really work in, like, a movie or a TV show, but in a video game where you're driving around an open world, like, it's fun to get those characterizations. But, um, yeah, and The Good Life uh, is sort of in that, in that, in that vein, and I, and I like what I've played of it so far. Yeah. It is, it's another sort of open-world game. You're dropped in this, like, little... European town uh, you have to pay off this massive debt your photographer I know this is the year of like taking photos and video games and doing that in the game and then the the weird twist is you can turn into like a dog or a cat and the way you uh, interact with people in the world is like they'll either be more of a cat person or more of a dog person and and there's even like a meter, almost like a like a Knights of the Old Republic style oh, meter funny. of like which side you fall on, and it will change like how you interact with people. And there's which like the there's all these side? things that I, I don't know. That's the thing. It's not good versus evil. It's just cat versus dog. It's Light side strange, versus but, um, dark side, right, Jeff? <laughs> well, there you go. 
but um, it's uh, I, I there's like there's things I like about it that I feel like I don't see a lot in video games. Like the protagonist character Naomi is like a total jerk. Like from the outset, she like is just not a nice person at all. And I'm like, man, I I feel like I don't see a lot of protagonists that are like antagonistic like immediately. You know, unless you're like right. an antihero, I guess, right. which she's not. But um, as as like I Deadly Premonition too, I I, I kind of bounced off of because I think that didn't cross the line of being so bad it's good. I think it just kind of was bad. Right. Like it, it was it just was technically really fell short. And I think maybe some of that has to do with being a Switch exclusive, where the good life definitely has its shortcomings. Like it is a it is a game that is uh, technically uh, bad, right? It, it doesn't work very well. <laughs> oh, that's irrelevant. But uh, well, it is and it isn't. I mean, it's. I'm not talking about like game breaking bugs. I'm talking yeah. about little like flickers in the background or weird little animation like hiccups uh, okay. that make it okay. kind of interesting and weird. Like it's not. It's not like falling apart at the seams, which Deadly Premonition 2 kind of felt like it right, was. Right, right. And here, it's just like, it's more like, oh, that's... Like, you'll see something happening in the background, and you'll be like, oh, that's weird. But it's, you know, it's also kind of fun. It's like, I'm going to go, well, I'll capture that, you know? My meter um, for, like, how interested I am in this, based on your description, is, like, going back and forth wildly. I'm yeah, like, oh, it's actually good. Dog, You're like, and oh, dog. it's not... Yeah, it's cat and dog. You're like, oh, it's good. Oh, but it's not, like, technically good. Oh, but it is, like... It is fine. I'm like, what's going what, I don't know what to think, but no, it, I, I'm interested I'm in it now a little bit. This is a, this welcome to sweary. Like this is a sweary game. Like it's, I, it's one of those things that it's like, I, I can find a lot to enjoy about it, but like at any time, if you were to play it and be like, this sucks and I hate it, I'd be like, yeah, you know, that's a totally fair. Like I know, I don't think that you're wrong or anything like that. Okay. But it's like the story is compelling. It's a mystery. You have sure. a, like an interesting open world town. The characters are interesting. It's got swear. He's got bizarre writing that he does. And it, like, I, I like it more than Deadly Premonition 2, if we want to sort of like put it in yeah, a tier. Like Deadly Premonition <laughs> is still my favorite. Okay. Is and it, then, what about and then like there's the, um, the, the missing or whatever, right? The missing is good too. Like I, I haven't played enough to sort of place this in that, in that sort of tier, but like I, I like it more than the missing so far. I don't okay. know if I would like if it'll take me to the end. Um, All right, but yeah, I don't know. It, it does feel like I'm kind of being very wishy-washy about it. But like, if you if you know Sweary, I I, it, I never like to give that recommendation of like if you like this thing, you'll probably like this thing. But it's like if you've played a Sweary game, if you liked Deadly Premonition, this this seems more in line with the original Deadly Premonition. This seems more in like if 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 you're a fan of that original Deadly Premonition, this is the where I would point to. At, before I would point to Deadly Premonition 2 yeah. is The Good Life. Right on. Gotcha. The Good Life, everybody. Um, on Game Pass, too. Or coming to Game Pass. Oh, is that right? on there or about to arrive. Because uh, that's how I saw it. That's how I first... Like, I, I'm not familiar with, like, this game or, like, previous games, but, like, it was in either coming soon or newly released. Mm. And I clicked on it, and I was I was not interested because I, I wasn't a fan of the art style. Uh, Play Forward in the chat says it is on Game Pass, so I think it's already out. Nice. Uh, the art was, like, kind of ugly looking to me like it was not yeah, everyone my has like style. octagonal eyes yeah which is it's like, kind of it I mean, it's all it's like a little i don't know like i don't say low res but it has like a really distinctive look to it yeah but i don't know maybe i should try i mean it's, like, it's already there like i can just download it maybe i should give it a go yep all you have is your time uh hey jeff there's this game that came out uh god at some point earlier this month i believe and it's it's just doomed it has the toughest title which is unsighted <laughs> have you been checking well, this I, out i didn't see that hansen excuse me 
I didn't see it. Oh, okay. Well, then we can move on to the next game that you want to talk about. Because it's because it's called Unsighted. Uh-huh. Hey, I don't know. Are these it's, jokes working you know for anybody? You know what? <laughs> I, I'm glad We're getting Kyle's there. here. Kyle, Kyle, you've said you've played a little, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to recommend it to you because it's exactly like that one game that you like so much. Iconoclast? Hyper Light Drifter. Oh, yeah. Hyper Light Drifter, yes. Is there it's a glider? I'm confused. What does that mean? Like, like I would, I, you'd be forgiven if you saw it and you just thought it was like the billion other, you know, kind of Souls-like indie games that have come out in the past five years. But it's, yeah. it's like deceptively deep and interesting. Like it has some really interesting mechanisms going on underneath it. And the, the combat's really good. It feels satisfying. It it has a Metroid-esque, you know, kind of unlocking different areas and going back to different areas. And the the story's more interesting than I usually get into an indie game like this. Yeah, so isometric Metroidvania, very pixelated. Looking at the trailer, seems like co-op's an option as well. It, is it really tough? Like, what's the, what's the overall hook for you, Jeff? Um, it's, it's more the kind of Metroid, you're gaining new abilities, and that's kind of letting you opening up new places and then you're customizing your character a lot with you you get kind of mod chips and you have a very select amount of spaces that you can you can lock them in but they kind of they do a bunch of different they give you a bunch of different abilities and you're constantly finding them and they feel like good things to find when you open a treasure chest as opposed to just you know like well now you have plus one hit point damage or you know Right, resistance right. to electricity or something like that. Like they, it's they are bigger buffs and things. And there's like a whole crafting system with it, and they they touch on a lot of different things. Uh, one of, but one of the interesting things is, and this is this is one game where I I normally play on a normal difficulty level, and I started on a normal difficulty level, but they have this really interesting mechanism where you're. In, you're an android and everyone else that you're interacting with are androids. You're in a war against the humans. But your your life force is draining from all the characters that you meet. So each character that you meet, when they're talking to you, they have a little number that's like 50 hours left or oh, 200 cool. hours left. And, and everyone's just kind of slowly dying. And there's one resource that you can get that you can give to people that will give them like another 24 hours at a time. But it's... Like everyone is just slowly dying and you're you meet like the shopkeepers and stuff and they're like, I'm making this super weapon. I hope I live long enough to finish it. Jesus. And so it's there's clearly like a push and pull of like who and and it's every single NPC. So you can't save them all. But you're just kind of coming across all these characters. But one of the one of the interesting things when I first saw that I was like, oh, I hate this. Like this is this is way too much stress. Because when you die, it seems like it advances time forward too, and you have that time limit on yourself as well. Okay, and it's, it's just not the kind of. I appreciate the mechanism; it's an interesting sounding mechanism, but I don't want to play it. But the first thing it tells you is, "Hey, you can go into the options, and you can just turn this off if it makes you uncomfortable." Oh, interesting. And so I ended up doing that, and then as I continued playing, like there is definitely the combat is pretty tight and pretty kind of Dark Souls-esque in terms of how much you're going to be dying. 
but it gives you the option to bump that down too and make it more manageable. And so it it gives you, for an indie game, it gives you a lot more options in terms of kind of customizing it to an experience that you want to have. And so now I'm just having a lot of fun with it. Oh, nice. Uh, Kyle, let me relay the nonsense that Jeffum talks about when you're not around. Uh, we were streaming something together and I said, Jeffum, you're going to pick up that Metroid Dread since Super Metroid's like one of your favorite games of all time? And he's like, eh, it's not pixelated, so I don't know if I want to play a 2D Metroid. What? I I didn't That's say funny. it like that. Look, he absolutely he said it with more whining and uh, crying, if I recall. No, I mean I'll I'm sure I will get to it, but it's it. I wasn't running out the door to buy the noob. I really I do oh, really why? like I really do like Super Metroid, but it's I've been divorced from that franchise for so long because I never played any of the 3D game or the 3D ones. Yeah, that's why this should be like, oh my God, they made a new one after 19 years. We need to go support it. Yeah, they made it for you, Jeff. They They, made it for the 3DS and I didn't buy that one either. I don't. But that's because the Switch already was out. So I feel like. Yeah, it's. No I'll, one bought I'll that. play it, and I'm and it seems like everyone is enjoying it. I was, yes, I was part of it was I was waiting to see what the consensus was. I wasn't rushing out <laughs> on Mercury Mercury Steam's legacy of like, oh, I gotta play this because it's gonna blow my pants off. Well, it's been because I love Super Metroid. It's so been much, weeks but. of everybody doing nothing but rave about Metroid Dread, and you. <laughs> all right, look, this is, I'm not trying to turn this into a new Red I'll, Dead. I'm just I'll stunned. Get to it, okay. Hanson. Give me a break, okay? okay. Look. Jeffum has a history of roundly ignoring universally praised <laughs> games. We gotta let him have that. You know, that's I'll okay. Get to it in my own time. But I hope that the pixelated art of Unsighted is gonna scratch that Metroidvania itch for you for a little bit here, Jeffum. It doesn't really. No, it doesn't really. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. You're just perpetually dissatisfied. Stuff. You're like, now it's too pixelated. I just I, can't find the sweet spot. Oh you know what I mean? God. I, I just. I want to see Nintendo do that kind of art style and because i'm sure they could put it like most indie games do it because they have to because it's hard to do any anything other than that and i feel like with nintendo's resources if they wanted to do a very retro looking it, it doesn't even have to be metroid it could be but any to be clear, kind you, of, you don't want hd 2d though like that no you're asking I mean, for like a really good, good looking I'll, snes i'll play it. like i'll play it you are like, so now the Mickey. pixels are will, too high tech. I get, I'll get to it, and I'm sure I'll love it when I play it. But I don't have a lot of gaming time. Okay, all right, look, it, he's okay? pulling out the I don't have a lot of gaming time card. Uh, but anyways, the point is unsighted. It's on uh, Steam, and it's on Switch, and Shazira watching us live throughout the suggestion that it also has a demo for folks if you want to check that out. But oh, unsighted. Yeah, it has, uh, and this is, this is not to uh, dismiss Eastward. Uh, oh, yeah. Because I liked what I played of Eastward, but it in terms of the uh, sort of isometric pixelated game that I want to play, you know, uh, Unsighted has taken over that spot now. I'm yeah. sorry, Eastward. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, Eastward seems cool, but uh, I just don't yeah. have a lot of gaming time these days. Uh, Janet, by the way, <laughs> brace yourself for impact. Right when I finished, okay. um, right when I finished Metroid Dread, which we talk about in the deepest dive, by the way, the second half of the deepest dive for the Metroid Dread is, is up. It is the best, most sort of discussion about that game on the internet. So if you want to listen to that on YouTube, you can do that or you can unlock the podcast version on Patreon. We appreciate it. Support the format. Thank you. Um, but after I finished Metroid Dread, I'm like, I, I need something that is not 
a brutally difficult 2D yep. boss fight in, in my day. Uh, and so I finally started Life is Strange True Colors just for you. Hey, okay. How's it's it my going? Halloween present. Um, I have only played the first episode, so I'm where you were a long time ago. But I'm honestly, out of anything, I'm most excited to keep playing more Life is Strange True Colors. And it it very much got me. By the end of the first episode, without revealing hey, anything, right. I was like, oh, okay. I find myself caring a lot more than I expected, and I hope that just continues to increase. Because like, yeah. there's just little details at the end where I was like, oh my god, that's such a smart wrinkle on what I thought was going to happen. I think if you like the first... In the first episode, it's not by any means weak. It just didn't like blow me away, personally. So I think yeah. if you're already in at the first, you're going to have a really good time. Because okay. like, I really love that game. Um, I am in a similar boat as you, where Metroid Dread... Without getting too into it, because, you know, Deepest Dive, go check it out. Great conversation. <laughs> we talked about it for over five hours, yeah. It 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 changed me in a way that there's, like, I, I did create today, and I actually finished it yesterday, like, right, you know, before, like, we did all, all the content and everything. But, like, I feel like today is the first day of my, of the rest of my life, because <laughs> this game is over. And I love this game, but at the same time, like... The pain I felt. Never did I want to quit. Janet, we're so trying badly. to get Jeff to play Metroid Dread. Right. I not want to let it go. That. No, because hey, uh, no, there's the thing. Just, uh, just, uh, Jeff, the thing. I'm not working your stream. I'm not going to cut on this. There's pain. I just felt like a pain. And if you didn't feel that pain, good for you. You're uh -huh. going to get home. Hard mode clear. Five hour. Yeah. Couldn't be me. Mm -hmm. Couldn't be me. Yes. I wanted to give up so <laughs> badly. So badly like and i just had my boyfriend there watching me be like you know you're getting you're getting a little bit better i can tell you're really getting i'm like i don't want to hear your encouragement i don't want to hear any i turned in to so many different versions of myself throughout this like i it was i it was the most impactful game i played this year for sure i it haunts me i'm glad i did though it was, it was great but it was awful it was and painful. the conclusion yeah, jeffum is that it's great Jeffem, there you go Jeff, I'm just to counter that a little bit. I I almost immediately restarted the game after I finished it, so I don't do that yeah, very sick. often. I think the last time sick I did stuff. it was uh, yeah. I already knew you were me. weirdo though. Link, so, uh, Pro gamer over here. Worlds. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't. Can't do it. No, uh, I didn't. I didn't have the sauce. There's too much sauce fine. required for That's it fine. for me. That's fine. There's um, no judgment here. And Jeff, you yeah, love sauce. I did it. You're a big sauce guy. Tomato sauce on a pizza. Your favorite. <laughs> if I could redo it, it'd be easier, but I'm not going, going to. I'm not going to, to redo the, it. Yeah. We're not. We're not going to prove that. It's fine. Once was good. I'm. Uh, I'm continuing my trend of only playing soft, easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl games. Um, by uh, I checked out that Assassin's Creed Discovery Tour. Ooh, which is like that seems fun. It's the third one that they've done now, where it's kind of the educational bonus version of Assassin's Creed that they release after the fact. Um, but this is called Assassin's Creed Discovery Tour Viking Age, and it's free as a free update um, if you already own the game. And they're going to be releasing it as a standalone thing, I think, next year is what they're saying. But it's so good. <laughs> it is so cool. What have you learned? Oh, my God. What's your, like, favorite Where do thing I start? Well, I learned that there's this freaky abbey um, in England, and they buried uh, the woman there that founded the abbey in, like, this... Uh, wooden coffin and then years later they're like man she deserved better let's let's put her in like a cool coffin and so they dug her up and they opened the coffin 
and she hadn't aged a day. She hadn't like decomposed or anything. I guess age makes sense. She was dead, but she hasn't decomposed a day. And they're like, what's happening? It's been years. And so then they're like, uh, actually, she's a saint. And then she became a saint from that because some people poked their heads in the coffin oh, and said, my God. Hey, uh, yeah. do, they, do they at any point give a spiel of like, hey, you know, these Vikings weren't so good. Like, th- these are kind of bad guys. It's actually, they do the opposite, um, which is interesting. Obviously, I mean, they say like, hey, they had slaves. Like, there's plenty of stuff that uh, made them not great. Um, but they also do the opposite of, okay, I got to zoom out a little bit. So this uh, discovery tour, it's broken up and it's different from the other ones. With the other ones, you go around and explore and it'd be like, okay, here's a little node here. We'll teach you about mummification. Here's this node here. Okay, you can learn about the Parthenon over here. This is actually like three different characters that they wrote dialogue and quests for. And you're like journeying through the lives of a merchant, a monk, and then King Aelfred. Um, and so it's like little story content. So if you've wanted to play an Assassin's Creed game where you're just a merchant couple trying to get by in ancient Norway, it's like, that's what it is. It's freaking sweet. But anyways, in the monk storyline, they talk about like uh, the importance of early Christians for writing the history of the Vikings and how it's like, well, it, when the historical record is being written by the early Christians who are only being raided by these Vikings over and over again. I'm guessing it's not the most flatterous or flattering version of like, eh, their culture actually was in-depth. It's just like, yeah, they're monsters. They just come and burn our churches down and then run back across over the sea. I don't know what to, to do. To be fair, they were being raided, though. I so. mean, that is true. That is true. But they, they actually got out of their way to be like, you know, to be fair to the Vikings, they didn't know that these were like monasteries. Because for the Vikings, they're just like, I don't know, it's a building. Let's just, it looks big. It probably has good stuff in it. Let's go grab it. So Why it's are not you defending that Vikings so much. I just think they get a bad. They were like, they were destroying things. <laughs> I, to but, be fair, they didn't know, know it, it was a religious building. The fact that they broke into it and stole from it. <laughs> Look. Leave it I for feel me like the way you're describing this Viking. is like that Seinfeld scene where George um, has sex with his secretary in his office, and it's like, oh, you're not supposed. And then he's like, was was that wrong? Was I not supposed to do that? Because <laughs> if I had known that this wasn't supposed to be a thing, oh, this is news to me. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't a, it, it wasn't the secretary. It was his cleaning woman. I think that's right. That's right. Sec- I think it was his secretary. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is, it was hilarious because it's like really you didn't know you had no yeah. idea there's no way i'm just know. saying what their historical research dug up for assassin's creed discovery tour but i do think it's really cool it's like honestly this is what i want from assassin's creed it's like just be able to run around explore the beautiful art explore these environments and then learn some real things about history along the way no bs fetch quest you're just going around and exploring and also it's really funny to be like a monk and he's like Ugh. My first day in the Abbey. Let's see if I can impress my boss and make some potions. Uh, and then <laughs> you're also like fully parkouring around because you have the full Assassin's Creed moveset. So I'm like swinging from the rafters. It's like a monkey, more like Jeffum. Uh, but I really love it. And it has like narration from like Sean from Assassin's Creed to, to walk you in there, walk you through the whole thing. And you can like jump to any quest that you want. It's really loose. You can unlock costumes for the main game and stuff like that. But also you can go to a first person camera throughout the entire thing which is cool, but I, I love that Ubisoft is doing this. Like, apparently, it was just uh, 30 developers at Ubisoft, which is 0.00000001% of the workforce, I believe, that worked on an Assassin's Creed game. Um, but yeah, 30 developers uh, put this Discovery Tour 
together. And I love that idea. And I want more developers to get into this habit of, even if it's not educational, like of just remixing their games after they release. I think it's such a cool idea. And so I love Discovery Tour and I'm very glad it exists. Um, let's see, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you want to mention real quick before we shove you out the, the window? Uh, yeah. Uh, Sora is cool. Oh, Smash Brothers. Oh, good. Playing it. Nice. I haven't done that yet. I'm looking forward to it. He's kind of like a a heavier sword guy. I mean, he's basically a sword guy, right? But like, he's like a little floaty and he's, I don't know. I just, I I really like playing as him. Like I could see him being like a go-to guy for me because he's not super complicated and he doesn't move super fast, but you can still hit pretty hard with that keyblade. So I'm happy with him. Okay. He's a floaty, heavy sword guy. That sounds good. Um, well, hey, Kyle, thanks for yeah. joining us. Um, do you want to clap out, dude? Yes. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. Sarah Podzorski, welcome to the show. Yay. Good to be <laughs> here at the show. Oh, actually, that reminds me. Um, uh, Sarah, we were just talking about Assassin's Creed Discovery Tour, the the Viking yeah. one that's new. Yeah. And uh, they, like, fully voice these quest lines and stuff for, for the educational tour through Norway. But then there's been like two characters that I've found that are quietly unnerving because they're AI voices. So it's Ooh, just like they oh. didn't voice a couple. And so as I'm listening to it, I'm like, is this the worst actor? Or it's like, no, no, no. We're getting to the point in games where they're trying to pass off AI voice acting as legit voice acting. But then they pronounced like, instead of Abby, they say like, Abby, or just they say like things really weird. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. it's still a little bit of that Macintosh salmon there. So anyway, Sarah, um, this is you, right? This isn't a computer? No, no, the technology isn't that good yet. Okay, perfect. But if uh, it was, I would utilize it. Oh, oh my God, imagine. Every podcast, oh, that'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, Sarah, you really wanted to talk about the Outer Wilds DLC. Yes? Yeah, I really did. But it's, it's tough Without you can't talk about anything. Outer Wilds without talking about Outer Wilds. Right. Okay, so what is the high-level, no-spoilery thing for this DLC to one of your favorite games ever? So, the Outer Wilds DLC plays very similarly to the Outer Wilds main game. It's kind of insane that they're calling it a DLC, where I would call it more of, like, a sequel. But huh. it will tie into the end of the game. And the way that they were able to so seamlessly integrate this DLC into the main story, which is, I think, pretty airtight. Yeah. They were, they were able to pull this, like, one string and turn it into this, like, really in-depth and, like, still very beautiful, very, like, fun exploring, solving puzzles, which I just think is amazing. Um, it is a little spooky. Okay. Compared to the original Outer Wilds game. Um, the original Outer Wilds was not spooky, but this DLC is a little spooky, which is why they have a button to turn down the spooks. They literally have, like, a fright reducer. Really? Yeah, in the game. make it brighter? No, no, I don't want to spoil it, because that would be spoilers. But there is, like, a fright reduction. Is it possible to, like, when you say it's scary or Mm -hmm. spooky... Can you at all give any hint as to like in what way? Like it's like gone, how Gone Home. It's like it feels scary, but it's not scary. Or is it like um no? This is actually else? this is actually a little scary. It's it's like deeply unsettling. Let's just say that huh. to my core, oh, I good. was like unsettled in in a way that the the original Outer Worlds game, while it has some unsettling points, you still feel very safe and like secure. But this messes with some stuff that I don't. It brings up some questions that I don't want to think too deeply about, personally. Huh. 
All right. But it's still really good. It's amazing. I definitely recommend if you haven't played Outer Wilds yet or you haven't given up on it yet, like most people do, finish the game first, the entire game, and then go back and do the DLC. And then you do have to finish the game again, which was a little weird. Oh, weird. Finish the DLC because it ties into the end of the game. Uh, so I finished the DLC and then I had to have like my Twitch chat like walk me through how to beat the game again. It only took like 20 minutes, but I was like, where do I... Like, where do I go? Oh, what weird. do I do? Yeah, to get back in that group. That's kind of yeah. weird. But cool. Well, I'm glad, it, uh, I'm glad it's working out for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> glad it's good stuff. Um, so you're deeply unsettled by that. Mm-hmm. but then In you, the best way. But then. Love being unsettled. But then the flip side, because yeah. that Animal Crossing update happened last Friday. Walk me through your experience with that, Sarah, and then we'll, we'll unpack well, everything. I discovered that now everybody knows that I don't get up at 9 a.m. Correct. I have been exposed 100%. Uh-huh. I woke up because I was like, you know, this is just, a, you know, a direct about Brewster. I'm not going to get out of bed for this. And then I opened my phone and I have like 20 tweets about how Froggy Chair is now in Animal Crossing. <laughs> and not only did they announce Brewster, but actually the rest of the game and then another game on top of it. Yeah. So it absolutely destroyed my Friday. I had to watch the direct. I had to like tear it. I was like piece by piece. I had to keep pausing to like stop and like breathe a little bit. Yeah. But my Friday morning was just Animal Crossing only. I get it. Yeah. If you you didn't listen to the deepest dive in Animal Crossing that we did, um, from what I remember, it was like three episodes or four episodes. And it was just kind of Sarah ranting and raving about how the game's bad because froggy chair isn't in the game which yeah. is a chair that is in the yeah. shape of a frog <laughs> and like uh this. yep there it is perfect and now they finally did it. but it wasn't even it was like such a smart nintendo choice it wasn't like the star of the show for the directors just in the background of one shot and then immediately everyone was just zooming in saying everybody got it, knows everybody. everybody saw it oh, but yeah. it's like you say that it, like it wasn't the star of the direct and there was so much in the direct so much yeah i like wrote it down every single piece oh, and it filled God. up this journal <laughs> That I wrote of just every single minute of that direct was something new. It's bonkers. I also wrote it down, and it was it comes out to fifteen hundred words. Really, and, and that's just the stuff they said verbally because there was also like, and Sarah, I don't know if you've seen any like random stuff like this, but people on my timeline were like screenshotting specific things and highlighting yeah. like why are those animal crossing why villagers are they in the floating sea? in the yeah they're in the ocean. the one in the water and and then I also saw one where um they have a new item. Of that, that's basically my gaming PC that I have, a four yeah. monitored PC. And I never felt so dumb in my whole life as knowing that I have the same, like they made, they like saw the dumb PCs that we were putting <laughs> together and they made it. And also, I made a PC like that in the game already with like monitors and stuff like that. Um, they also like have made so many things real that I have jankily tried to make on my own island, like a real carnival game. I'm like, oh man, don't look at the one I made out of freaking panels and, and cardboard. Even just small yeah. stuff like, okay, now, well, help me out. So basically, we should we should zoom out. There's a free update that's coming November yeah. 5th to New Horizons. And then there's also paid DLC, which is Happy Home Paradise, which is paid DLC. It's 25 bucks unless you get the new Nintendo expansion pack, which is also how you get the N64 games and the Genesis games. And that's going to be 50 bucks per year, which is huge jump up. Uh, so that's, that's a whole other can of worms there. Um, but they added so many things. I'm trying, still trying to figure out, and hopefully Animal Crossing experts here can help me out, like, what is in the DLC and what isn't? Like, the idea of having dividers 
for your rooms seems honestly huge. Was that DLC exclusive? That's the DLC exclusive, yeah. Okay. But I think you can carry it into yeah. main game. If you have the DLC, you can use it on your island. Yeah. Oh. After that, that you was, redesign a certain number of houses. Yeah. That, that was the thing. My I I saw the direct. Be, my wife is got super into Animal Crossing. She had a very, like, truncated experience that everyone else did, like, a year ago, where she... She got super into it and she played it for like three weeks and did absolutely everything that you could do into it. And then there was nothing left to do and she just immediately fell off and hadn't thought about it again. But I, I saw the direct and I told her to watch it and then I was just like walking around doing stuff. And all I heard throughout the entire house was her just constantly going, what, what, <laughs> what? They added this and then and then she was she was watching the DLC part. And she was getting progressively more and more upset because you can go to other people's islands and do all these things in the house that she wanted to do. I was like, at at one point I had to be like, just wait until the end of it when they actually said, and you can do it all in your house. And then she was super happy for that. (laughs) Yeah, the direct was overwhelming, to say the least, in terms of content. It was pretty much everything Animal Crossing fans have been asking for. And then like more... That we didn't know that we wanted? Yeah, like the cooking thing. I'm looking at it on the screen right now. Like that was one of those things mm-hmm. where like, oh yeah, it is weird that Animal Crossing doesn't have like detailed cooking, but it's like, of course, of course it should. It's right there. And I feel like, yep. I don't know, Janet, you've been playing Animal Crossing on the regular, right? Like it seems like people have been screaming in this drought for so long. Like, is this just everything? Is everybody satiated now? Um, no, there's oh. no ever fully satiating everything all the time because there's so much that you could do with this. And I think the only like gray cloud in this beautiful blue sky is the fact that they're like right after being like all this stuff in the free update version 2.0. And they're like, this is the last update. I'm like, I thought this was the first update of like right. my whole new life. And <laughs> they have updated the game before this. And I don't want to downplay like that. They added diving, though. You can also argue that they had an the old game. So like you added a thing that was already there before, you know, like there's that conversation, right? Right. Right, right. But other than that, um, in the la- you know, it's kind of this being the beginning of the end, like it's the start and the end at the same time. It's awesome. I think it hits so many things that, like Sarah mentioned, people were asking for that we didn't know that we wanted while also having quality of life updates. This is the first direct or even direct style presentation in maybe the entire year where I'm like, this is an A presentation. People are wow. always asking, Janet, why isn't it an A? What do they have to do? I'm like, it's gotta, an A, it's gotta be, C is understanding the assignment. B is showing comprehension above that. A is above that, y'all. If you don't if you don't make it have meaning, then why we even have the other bottom levels? Come on, like, this is an A. It was, it hit, it gave you everything, it gave you paid stuff, it never ended. And the, <laughs> the fact that we didn't talk about Froggy Chair um, is the fact that, I think they had so much like in, if this was a weaker direct, they totally could have been like returning favorites and shown the chair. And right, that would have been right. They're like, we got so much. We ain't even going to talk about the chair. That's how stacked it is. And that's how mm-hmm. stacked it was. So I, I looked up at the clock and we were only halfway done. Yeah. I was just like completely wowed and overwhelmed by it. I think the price point on the DLC too is like really reasonable. That could have easily been a game and I wouldn't have batted an eye. I'm like, I'm ready to give you $80 for whatever you're offering here <laughs> right now because that that's how I feel about this game. And I, you know, I don't think I'm alone in that. Obviously there's so many people playing, but um, yeah, I mean, there's so much to say about it. It's awesome. It, I'm so excited. Is, My house is finally going to be beautiful. Yeah. Oh, just like little things. And this is like, you know, the joy of Animal Crossing are these tiny details, but just the idea of like, oh, now you can like shimmy 
between tight spaces in your mm-hmm. house. So it's like, oh, I the ability to shimmy. My table. Yeah, yeah, this is a game changer. It's so silly how important this stuff is. But like, I don't know. What are like the big headlines that we missed, Sarah? Like, what, what's the what are the biggies here? Um, one thing that I'm really let me get my journal out where I wrote everything down. One thing that I'm really excited for is they brought back the morning stretching from the original oh, yeah. GameCube Animal Crossing. Yeah. And you can actually use your Joy-Cons and your motion control to stretch with your animals to, it's like, the original cute. Animal Crossing GameCube stretching music. That's just, I was like, wow. Like, <laughs> who, who, who was like, you know what, you should actually work out yourself. Um, obviously, Froggy <laughs> Chair was a big one. Yep, yep. Um, gyroids are back, and they're adorable. Very They're important. so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Now you can visit, they brought back all our favorite characters, so they expanded Harv's Island, and you will now be able to see Reese and Cyrus, Leaf, Kix, Red, Mayor Tortimer, they're all coming back. You can see them again. Just hanging out on that weirdo's island, though. And it's weird, yeah, like, how much they're, they're leaning mm, into that island, which, for me, was easy to ignore. They kind of have to. Yeah? Well, right? that's something like, to do there, finally. It's not just, like, a cre- the Creepo Island where it's, Reese like, and Cyrus wedding like, photos, like, oh, no, yeah. thank, no thank you, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting is recent Cyrus can recolor your island decorations. So you don't have to go over to your friend and beg them to please open their Animal Crossing game because you want the black and white lighthouse. Right. You can just go to recent Cyrus and be like, give me my black and white lighthouse. That is very nice. I, I'm so happy that I don't have to go and like beg other people for things anymore. I can just make it myself. Um, they also brought Cabin back. Yeah. And they introduced Mystery Islands. Which is, like, I think an answer to a lot of people's prayers where it's, like, every time you go to an island, it's, like, a different season, a different time. Yeah. So you can collect ingredients from things that aren't your current time, which will hopefully call some of the um, rampant time traveling, which is fine, but it can really mess up your island. Right, right. In terms of, like, your villagers don't know what day it is. and you leave. <laughs> So that's, like, there's a lot of stuff here. Take but down a peg. <laughs> yeah, take him down a peg. But it's like, I look at this as somebody who works in, like, marketing and publishing, and I'm like, there's at least, like, three or four beats here right? that we could have had throughout the year, and that's, like, my only drawback is they did just kind of drop it on us, say, are you happy now, and then walk away. We're not doing anything else. Like, it was great. It was great. I loved it. But, like, there was at least, like, three or four moments. Happy Home Paradise could have been its own direct yeah so amazing if you're being cynical maybe the answer is oh they wanted to wait until this whole expansion pack with nintendo switch online with the n64 and genesis stuff because it's like hey now you can get it for free and they're trying to like soften that blow to get people into that ecosystem of having the 50 dollars annual subscription to get these games now yeah what do you think was um this is obviously like we're never going to know this but Mm -hmm. i'm curious like when i saw that do you think they put in the Animal Crossing DLC into Switch Online to make people want Switch Online? Or did they put it in there and that's why it's so expensive for it? Like, what, no. which direction is it? I don't think it's that's the reason it's so expensive. I think everybody always said was in awe of how cheap the Nintendo Switch Online servers was to begin with. And not that we're playing that many online Switch games. And like, the old game library is fine, but it still is like 20 bucks a year. Yeah, whatever. That's chump change compared to anything else, right? Um, and so I think Nintendo probably realized we need to up these things because people will pay it. And so anything they could do to try and soften that leap right at the announcement, I feel like was, was what they're going for here. Jeff, would you pay 50 bucks a year to have N64 games on your Switch? 
and Absolutely Genesis games not. and everything else. And, yeah. and that's just the most Nintendo-ass Nintendo decision that I've ever seen. An expansion pack to online pass gaming kind of thing. And <laughs> right. It, it, it brought back the Nintendo 64, like, RAM memories of, like... Well, the expansion now pack, I have yeah. To, now I have to buy a little stupid RAM thing just to play Perfect Dark or whatever. That actually would be really funny, is if they let you play the base version of Perfect Dark <laughs> that, like, was basically just <laughs> a demo like of Perfect crap. Dark. Yeah, it runs like crap, and that's only if you have the old subscription thing. But if you upgrade yeah. it, then you get that sweet expansion pack. Yeah, no, I, I, wasn't, a, I wasn't a fan of the of the original Nintendo pass, but when I finally got it and it had so many of my favorite Sprite based super Nintendo <laughs> games and Nintendo games, uh-huh. it was like, actually this, this isn't that bad. And I'm, yeah. and I'm totally fine with it. And it, it was a totally reasonable price point, but the idea that I'm going to upgrade for Sega games too, and Nintendo 64, I'll, I'll pass on that. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. But Hey, animal crossing's back, everybody. It's yeah, great. I will. I will just buy the DLC for Animal Crossing because mm-hmm. that seems awesome. Yeah. Oh, r- really quick before yeah. we move on, I did want to shout out like there's a, again a million things in here. You can design facilities with Happy Home Paradise too. Yeah. yeah. Like schools and hospitals and restaurants. Like, <laughs> like you have no idea what like I was already making restaurants on my island. Like it is a corporation mm. over there, and the restaurants <laughs> look kind of crummy. And I know people like see my island and sometimes they're like, it looks really beautiful. And there are parts that I like that I think are really well done. Mm-hmm. And there are other parts where I'll be honest, it is a half-baked idea executed with the tool set and the capabilities I have. Absolutely. So the option to get to go in and do that stuff is just so exciting. Also, you can put ladders on all cliffs. That's great. Now, That's great. The main reason I had inclines was just so I could traverse my own island. I created my own hell that I had to navigate. And now I can just like it change the changes everything. Like the design opportunities are just wide open because you can just we'll put ladders everywhere. You know, we'll put hooks on everything. Um, that that's crazy. I feel like there's so much stuff in here. Ordinances are back. That's a huge thing that I want to shout mm-hmm. out. Where you can have like, you know, the like I'm guessing they're on beautiful island. They have beautiful island back, so you won't have weeds on your island if you choose that one. I'm guessing if it's like any of the old ones, like early bird or like night owl and stuff. And like again, there's a million other things, but I did yeah. want to quickly shout those out because I'm looking forward to making my hospital. That is that is the weird angle. Like, wouldn't it be your fun? hospital? Yeah, you make a hospital, a school, a restaurant, and more. I'm going to make everything they oh. let me. I don't know why this island has nothing but vacant buildings. Like, that's a little sketch, but don't <laughs> yeah. think about it. Like, just go it and is, start building stuff. Them up. Yeah, it is Happy Home. It's basically Happy Home Designer, but yeah. it's nice because you don't have to buy a different game. Because Happy Home Designer for the DS was, like, its own standalone game. And it's nice that this is connected to my island, in a way, and the things that you do, you can get like exclusive furniture from Happy Home Paradise that you can use on your home. So it's just like really well integrated. Yeah, yeah. November 5th, everybody. Look forward to that. Uh, hey, Jeff, do you know how this whole thing operates? Froggy chairs. Froggy chairs primarily. And Patreon supporters, everybody that goes to patreon.com slash minmax with two N's, we appreciate your support. Uh, we are hitting our second anniversary this Sunday. Uh, so we're trying to hit our goal of 2,700 Patreon supporters. You can help us hit that. Everybody watching and listening right now, you are within your power. If a couple people just jump over there and help us out on Patreon, we can hit that goal. $2 for two years. Is that too much to ask, Jeffem? 
Oh. Okay, great. Thank you so much. And thank you to our biggest supporters, people like uh, Timmy D from the Synced Up Podcast. He says, hello, MinMax fans. Last November, the Synced Up Podcast supported Ben and the cohorts, and it went so well, we decided to do it again. We received a large outpouring of love from everyone here and even made some lifelong friends, too. While we still have our video game show, the Synced Up Podcast, we also started a new show a few months ago aptly named the Synced Up Filmcast. In this show, we focus mainly on watching, reviewing, and ranking different movie franchises. We also recap the news and react to new trailers from the week too. If any of this sounds good, consider going on over to youtube.com slash synced up podcast or search synced up filmcast in your favorite podcasting service and look for the red and white logo. We hope to see you there. Also, thanks to our friends at Fixture Gaming. They want everybody to know about the Fixture Gaming Fixture S1. This is a clip that goes on your Nintendo Switch Pro controller so you can put the screen right on top of that. And it's a very ergonomic, comfortable way to play with the best controller on the go. There is a link in the description Everybody can go check it out on Amazon. It is $35. There's also an option for a carrying case bundle, which is just lovely. And because these folks are very nice, uh, they made custom MinMax Fixture S1s, which they are giving away. So if you follow MinMax Show on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, look for the competition. There should be a post up there right now if you follow MinMax Show on Twitter um, that will detail exactly how you can win a custom Fixture S1, a custom MinMax Fixture S1. So thank you so much. Uh, also, thank you to I am 8 bit they want everybody to know about Super Monkey Ball and the soundtrack, the double banana, sorry, double album for Super Monkey Ball, Banana Mania, the 20th anniversary edition. The main theme, by the way, Jeff, um, for Super Monkey Ball, Banana Mania, it's called Hey Nana. It is one of the catchiest songs I've ever heard in my life. So be careful nice. of this. It is dangerous. But you can go to iMateBit's wonderful online store to get this double album. Help support them because they support us. And you can use the promo code SCAREDSTUPID. No space. Scared Stupid for 10% off everything in iMateBit's wonderful online store. So please check that out. And because they're generous, they ship out a prize each and every week from I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store to whoever submits the best question of the week. And so this week, whoever has the best question submitted over on Patreon is winning Etherborn on Switch, thanks to I Am 8-Bit. They will ship out Etherborn on Switch. So get ready for some community questions because we got to remember each and every one of these. Ready to go? Ready. Okay, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Jeff, um, I said ready to go. Let's go. What? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I just wanted to see All what right, Jeff Captain. would do. Yeah, there it is. Something like that. <laughs> Please, we only... I was looking. I was looking at the questions that you posted, and I was like, wow, these have a lot of thumbs up. And then I realized it was all Jeff. Um, like, yeah. Every single question. Every single question. He's excited Not to particular. go. There's a lot of good, thought-provoking <laughs> right. stuff here. Uh, Shane C. writes in and says, every... <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop singing. Um, says, every year leading up to Game of the Year discussions, it feels like games journalists lament the fact that they know they're never going to get a chance to play all the games that deserve consideration. So here's an opportunity to help each other prioritize. If you could recommend one under-the-radar game to your fellow cohorts to make sure they check out before the end of the year, what would it be? Personally, mine would be Wildermyth, says Shane. Yeah, Janet, you've been playing Wildermyth, right? Yeah, I played it on uh, JV and many other people's recommendations. Like that was on my radar for the longest and I finally got around to it and I really liked it. Um, I will say 
I think I wasn't playing in the most optimal way. Oh. And that, like I kept dying like near the end of my play. My I did like four hours of it. And by the end, I like could not live. And I'm like, I think I messed something up here. So let me know on Twitter what I'm messing up. I, like, someone kind of mentioned that I I think I was building my party too quickly and like stuff was getting mm. too difficult for like my skill level or something like that. I think like at the that, same time, I think part of the thrill of Wildermyth is making those mistakes and then it's not like maybe. disastrous if it all falls apart. You just start a new saga, right? And it kind of feeds into I, it as it continues. Sure. I did really like making people uh, in the game too and like having like my, I put like my family members and then my Twitch mods in there and like that was a blast and it did make everyone really invested in the characters and I think it was really well written. So I think that that's a great one. For me, um, that, that one's up there in the sense that I think it's the most easily missed. I think Before Your Eyes would probably be mine because yep. I, th- I there's so many people who are not playing it and I don't know why because it's not it's it's not terribly expensive and it is quite easy to play uh, and it's very short so this is that's yeah mine. this Before is the game eyes. that we raved about uh, on the podcast when it came out but it's very easy to to overlook but this is the one where it uses your webcam uh, and you blink to interact with the game. And the brilliance about the game is that it's a game where you're flashing back through somebody's life and every time you blink, you jump forward in time. And you can, if you just blink in the middle of like your parents talking when you're a toddler, it's like, bam, gone, moving on to the next scene, then it is very emotional and just wonderful. Um, yeah, I think I think that's my number one for just like, it's going to be very important, I think, when we're talking about our favorite games of the year. I'm, I'm certainly going to be fighting for it to have a shockingly high spot, I think, compared to how much we've talked about it this year. Jeff, um, there's this game called Metroid Dread that I think you oh, should really? probably check out. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Did you did you play Oliha? Did anybody here play Oliha? O-L-I-J-H or J-A? I- no. I played some of it, yeah. Okay, I really, really love that game. I don't know if it's just because it was like the first game that came out this year that I really sank my teeth into, but it's a five-hour or so 2D pixelated Jeffum uh, adventure. It kind of has vibes of like uh, another world, just a solid 2D action adventure that I just absolutely loved, but I feel like I need to play it again just to like confirm, is this as good as I remember it? Because it really blew me away when I first played it. Um, does anybody else have a pick? I think more people should play the Outer Wilds DLC so I can talk to people about the Outer Wilds <laughs> DLC, please. I, I'm sorry. You've been banished to your own island, the only really person not. here. Even like Jacob Geller, I thought he'd have your back, but he hasn't gotten around to it yet. I'm sorry, Sarah. I'm sorry. You're really failing me. Yeah, yeah, that's I tough. thought you were gamers. <laughs> it's just... It's all wrong. I, Outer Wilds, I liked, but it made me really, really nauseous when I played it. It was like oh. just a little, little too loose. Nah, I just, I just crashed that ship. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Uh, Jeff, have you got anything? Uh, I... No, I was just gonna I was gonna make Kyle play unsighted, but he's already on top of it. So there we go. There we go. Uh Ben Shively writes in and says, Do you think you already have played your personal game of the year? Or do you think it's still gonna be released in the coming months? I, I thought it wasn't coming for the longest time. I was like, maybe it's not out there for me. You know, maybe I'm just gonna have to have like a single year, you know, like focus inwards right, and not on right. fancy games. Mm-hmm. But no, and then I got the Outer Wilds DLC. So if everyone could just play the Outer Wilds. Do you really think that's your game of the year? Yeah, Echoes of the Eye is my game of the year. Oh, Jesus, you buried yeah. the lead, Sarah. That's Sorry. crazy. Wow. I I I mean this I keep going back and forth to like how much is still coming out? It's like Age of Empires 4, Winky Winky, Halo Infinite, big stuff like that, but 
I don't know. I think I think Valheim is probably going to be my game of the year. Really? The yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Which I, I only f- remember you playing a little bit of it. Yeah. Well, it just seems like that because <laughs> we haven't made much progress because we haven't looked anything up. I remember when you were on the podcast, you're talking about like, oh, yeah, I was taming wolves within an hour. It's like, taming wolves? I've been playing for like 40 hours. I don't even know what you're talking about. I had like about. a factory farm set up for turnips <laughs> and carrots, and I had a little bar where you could get your beers. Yeah, basically, we're just beyond sticks and stones. Uh, it's, it's really, but it's been like the most fun adventure. Uh, but so we you're playing in real time, Hanson? Is that? Yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah, it seems like Still that. in the Stone Age over mm-hmm. there? Oh, I've yeah. hit the Bronze Age. I'll have you know. No, honestly, it's the... um. We haven't beat Bone Mass. I don't know if you remember this mm-hmm. SOB. Mm-hmm. Like the big slime Yeah, Bone thing. Ass. Yeah, yeah, Bone Ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Jeff, do you know what your game of the year is yet? Do you think anything's going to top it? Man, um, I don't know. I, I, I was thinking like Resident Evil Village and Psychonauts 2 are both games that are kind of up there. I'm looking. Um, I have to play more Deathloop. I think that has the potential. I just haven't played enough at this point to feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, throwing that one out uh, yet, but it, it, it's tough. I feel like I haven't, but then when I look at the rest of what's coming this year, wilder myth is another like dark horse where I just haven't put enough time into that one as well. Right. Um, Right. It's kind of a weird year though. Yeah. And Janet, let me see. Let me see. You're very good at, Blasting this out there, so is it? Oh god! Very nice way of putting okay, it. Okay, hang on, stop. <laughs> You're a very good blaster. Um, Whenever Janet changes her game of the year, I know. I know, but now like, I'm second yeah, guessing it. That's it, the branding, baby. You I gotta, think, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep people informed. I think I know that it, at one point it was chicory. Yeah, yes, but it, that was like the beginning of the year. I think now it's Life is Strange, Death Loop, Chicory. No, it's Deathloop. I was gonna uh, Deathloop. Damn it. Deathloop. Then I think Life is Strange, and then Chicory. Okay. So yeah, Deathloop. Right. I don't think anything's topping it. Um, I'm still gonna check out like Halo, but that's more for the culture because I'm not. I don't see that game pulling me. It's just not really my genre yeah. to begin with. Um, and then shout out to you know Returnal and Monster Hunter and stuff because I just can't give a take on those games. Sure. I, sure. They seem good, but I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Winterborn writes in and asks, Has pumpkin spice gone too far? No, I want no. it to go further. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it like, hasn't gone again, far enough. Get in my shout out mouth. to like the branding. You know what I mean? I respect like the hustler mentality of like, nope, it's never enough marketing. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Keep living your dreams. Um, I can't make that much content, but pumpkin spice can. So I'm sure I think we need to lean into seasonal drinks. Everything in the US because Japan's really big on seasonal stuff. Like every time a new season rolls around, it's like, here's your fall coke and your fall sandwiches and there's a pumpkin on this chocolate bar like that's what i want yeah i want to walk into the supermarket and be like it's obviously fall like we haven't pushed this far enough i i feel like we basically have that i guess we don't have like summer (laughs) food other than like hey watermelon or something but like there's no like hey you know but i guess it's like okay you got the easter you got the fall you got the christmas that's a lot of those seasons there sarah I don't know, though. Like, walking into a kombini at the start of spring and seeing, like, sakura-flavored bread. Like, that's... Yeah, here's what a, is... What do we have? Like, peeps? Yep, I don't want to eat peeps. Well, I, I think do, on, that, on that note, like, if you go into a grocery... Like, your local chain grocery store, like, to Sarah's point, in the U.S., and you have no... Like, they just, you get dropped in there. There's no... You have no sense of the temperature or whatever. 
how long will it take you to know what month you're in mm. or what season you're in? Right. You know what I mean? And how and I think like with Halloween season and um, Thanksgiving to a degree, because they put up usually like little paper turkeys or something. And like the Christmas holiday season, those are pretty like immediately. I know like I guess mm-hmm. they're putting up the little flags for the mm-hmm. 4th of July. But again, that's right. the, the set dressing that if you only had the food, no decorations allowed. There's only the food. I think you would have a really hard time. You'd probably only really get Thanksgiving because you see all the turkeys out there. And then yeah. you'd have to go to the candy section, and that would probably yes, help, ho- but... For Halloween, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, tying it specifically to Easter just doesn't doesn't count for, like, a, for a season, you know? Okay. E- even even stuff like Thanksgiving, it, it has a different feel that I think pumpkin spice gets closer to in terms of... It's a it's a time of the year as opposed to just like I'm looking forward to the third Thursday or whatever whenever Thanksgiving is that mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to eat a turkey on that one day and then I'm going to look forward to Christmas lasagna which you finish the whole turkey in one day I mean that turkey yeah. for like several days like that is that is true I guess else. I guess I guess the leftovers last longer but uh, Morin writes in and says Hey long time first time my question is for Sarah. When can we expect to have a Poggers only stream, or at least a stream with a constant Pogcam? Thanks, and I'll take my question we off the had, air. We had a Poggers only start of a stream that I think was just 20 minutes of Poggers sitting in a chair. <laughs> I got like the most subs of like in a day just from that. What but are you obviously, doing? What are you doing the rest of the nothing. time? This Just Poggers have just a Poggers cam. Yeah. I have a Poggers cam. I know, but just have it up the entire day. All the time. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, it's like you don't want people to get. Sometimes he's not always in his bed. You know, he okay. moves around. Okay. Sometimes right. he goes to commit crimes. Right. You know, right. Commit white collar crimes in his free time. So mm-hmm. he's like a busy guy. Okay. You know, he's yeah. not always available. Okay. There it is. Uh, L2 Larson says, Happy birthday, Min Max. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my birthday is also this week. And to celebrate one more year around the sun, I wanted to play a video game released the same year I was born, which was 1994. The year I chose to play, uh, this year I chose to play Super Metroid for the very first time, and I'm really enjoying it. Got me thinking, do y'all have a favorite game or piece of media that was released the same year that you joined the human race? Weird way of putting it, L2. That was intense. <laughs> a Duck on Country, I think. Ooh. Uh, now I'm also 94, shot the 1994. Yeah, I'm also 94. Uh, it, yeah, so yeah. I'm just going to piggyback then, off Janet and Maybe Doom 2, because I actually did yeah. like the old school yeah, Doom Janet, games. For sure. So. <laughs> yeah, right? You were there. I was there. I don't know. I was you you there. You that first breath of Earth air. And, yeah. Yeah. and I just came out and I like said it. Donkey Kong. Yep. There's, like yep. The, there's a chance the first thing you saw when you were a little baby and you opened your eyes for the first time was Donkey Kong wearing a bright red tie looking at you. God, I hope a so. A shiny box. <laughs> that would explain a lot. <laughs> also, shout out to Cruising USA because I actually Ooh. do like that game. Okay. And the weird soundtrack and the weird, like real women like that just start the races like it's odd it's an odd era yeah it's a worse era uh you see for me like movies is a big one and 1987 uh is the year i was born and that's got a double whammy of holly hunter at her best one of my favorites broadcast news which is an amazing movie that everyone needs to see disregard the terrible boring title it's an amazing workplace comedy uh and raising arizona my favorite coen brothers movie i think yeah uh, so but you said 87, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You talk like you're like 48 years old. Thank you so much. 
like you mentioned, like when you talk about your age, you're like, oh, I'm so old. I'm like, and, I'm, and I always wondered, I'm like, what's Ben's age? Oh, oh, really? I don't want to ask because like that's invasive. So I've been waiting. I've been waiting since I've known you how, to know how old you are. You're not that old. You're like one year older than my brother. Thank you. That's what I've been trying to tell other people. I'm, I feel um, like old is. Ah, uh, because I'm constantly no, talking about. He, no, when I say that, James I mean, you talk movies? about yourself like you're old. You act okay. like you're like, like eons older than oh, me good. you're oh. like a couple years older than me it's not that that's different. what i've been arguing okay good i'm glad <laughs> see jeffum see secretly jeffum's the one that's old as dirt yeah i i looked at i had i had to look up what came out the year i was born and i think the biggest one was the book of revelations <laughs> <laughs> yes sir yes uh, no, sir in terms of in terms of video games <laughs> it was miss pac-man which is old holy crap is that 81 uh, what? Is that 81? It's 81, yeah. Yes. And, um, but I'd have to go with movies. It was uh, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark came out that year. Okay, that's tough so, to be. That's tough to be. That's how old I am. <laughs> Are you embarrassed of your age, Jeff? No, I don't care. Okay, good. Uh, I've aged gracefully, so. Yeah. Or yeah, everyone everyone in games media looks like way younger than they are also. Like everyone looks perpetually like locked into one age. So yep. I never know how old everybody is. Yep. And everybody just has like soft baby hands because we just mm-hmm. touch a controller all the time. You, know, you don't do real labor. You're just like callous right. thumbs though. Oh, our thumbs are a wreck. Yeah, but our palms yeah. are wonderful. Uh Nick from Atlanta asks, Hey, what's the most unbelievable thing about video games today? If you kidnap somebody that played video games from every decade back to the sixties. What about games now would freak them out the most? I would put them into VR chat. Ooh. Oh my god. And then I would introduce them to like the mutes and I would take them to like a VR strip club. Interesting. Okay. That's good. And like, would you even... (laughs) I like the idea of bringing them forward in time and not even giving them a chance to see the real world. It's just like right to VR chat. We're actually all anime characters in the year 2021. (laughs) We do not refer to our corporal bodies we're right. all waifus and if you're confused about anime um let's see in a couple years they're going to invent this thing called astro boy it's going to be really important uh yeah i was a uh, i don't know anybody else have an answer for this one it's tough i think just like the freedom of open of specifically some open world games like i think showing someone breath of the wild would be insane mm. i think even just like gta 5 probably um just in terms of like one thing that really impressed me even as someone that is still existing as time moves is like when you go to especially like more modern games like games that are set in a certain area they really look at the area like back in the day like Mm. you just kind of had these oh like i I put this one landmark and now it's san francisco but like now you can go to like actual like specific streets i think microsoft flight simulator like i think playing it might be overwhelming but showing someone that that's really would be pretty wild for even forza horizon like i think graphical fidelity and and options are the biggest mind-blowing things i wonder if it would freak them out to show them just like hey here's some of those popular games in the world and they're like retro games like what would somebody think if they saw minecraft it's like what is so it's 3d (laughs) which seems like the future but then you make it look like crap intentionally like that level of just the twist like it looks great (laughs) it's beautiful yeah (laughs) uh roblox let's see victor fam roblox Oh, Roblox. Oh, yeah, exactly. oh my gosh. That's I still don't know what's oh, going Roblox. on there. Oh, Roblox. Yeah, you and Leo streamed uh, Squid Game games in mm-hmm. Roblox. How was that? How were they? They were very well made. Roblox is really the Wild West. You're all sleeping on Roblox. I'm sure a lot of people under the age of 15 are playing Roblox, but it really is the Wild West. 
They're really getting up to stuff out there on Roblox. <laughs> okay. Played some weird games. <laughs> some weird games. I mean, honestly, if you're like a AAA developer, designer, like it probably would help to just go see like what a sea of 15 year olds, what games are they creating and what is popular and why? It's like a great mm -hmm. test bed for just the future of game design in <laughs> a messed up way. Uh, let's see, Victor Fam writes in and asks, are social media accounts... Oh, by the way, Jeff, on that note, you remember how um, last year we played Escape from Tarkov and, uh, and we were talking about like, oh, who's going to be the first AAA studio to really rip off Escape from Tarkov? Yeah. Did you see uh, that saga where Ubisoft announced Ghost Recon Frontline? That was basically their take on Escape from Tarkov. No, it's like a free to play battle royale, but you're going in and extracting things and getting out and all that stuff. It's all about these items. Um, and then it was so reviled with the announcement from Ghost Recon fans. They're also outraged that they indefinitely postponed the beta. So who knows if it's coming out, but that was close Perfect. to being the right answer, Jeff. Um, anyways, Victor well, there fan. Go. There it is. Uh, Victor writes in and asks, are social media accounts for large corporations acting funny or cute a good thing? Or is it just cringe? As somebody who worked big social media accounts, I am begging you to just please leave us alone. <laughs> the job is hard enough, okay? And if we want to be funny and cute to get likes and engagements, please just let us do that in peace. <laughs> please, guys, it was really hard. Just to try and come up with some angle for any of this yeah, nonsense? because I mean, like, you have, like, you're, you know, you're a young 20-something running a brand account trying right. to connect with other 20-somethings, and you have your corporate overlords being like, why are we not memeing hard enough? Oh. And you're like, sir, it takes two weeks for you to approve my meme, <laughs> and a meme only lasts 24 hours. I don't know what timeline you're on, but it was just, it was very hard. And you get a lot of, people take out a lot of anger on social media accounts, a yeah, lot right so just, right. just be nice to them okay they're just doing their job yeah let wendy's tweet about persona yeah. every once in a while or whatever the hell they got to do because it's the best thing they can tweet all day like they're probably enjoying that as long as it's somewhat sincere but it is just a bunch of nerds running these things like people think that it's the corporation themselves but it's just somebody like us who has that job so mm -hmm. of course they would prefer to tweet about Crash Bandicoot's face or whatever the hell, or Mario's nipples. Like, let, let them get weird, please. They're just doing their best, okay? Right. right. And also, I, I kind of, it's interesting to see, uh, like, the tone between the big three, like seeing Nintendo, and which has had a surprising amount of personality, PlayStation, which is still pretty stiff by and large, and then Microsoft is just all in on cutesiness. Like, you know, I'll let them do their own thing, but that Xbox Twitter account is out of control it's just like <laughs> tweeting nonsense at times but it it works i guess so more power to them yeah in terms of like working with other social media teams i will say microsoft is one of the easiest mm. um and nintendo is one of the hardest which yeah. is uh not surprising right right i did like um i don't know if you saw i guess it was yesterday a couple days ago whenever the smash update happened but like the either doom or bethesda twitter account they tweeted out a picture of Doom Guy standing next to Isabel from Animal Crossing. It just said, together at last. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. that's that's perfect. See, that's the type of just cute little homage. Just acknowledge where your brand is now. Uh, Chris Calkins writes in and asks, um, I've been playing Far Cry 6, and I wonder if you all would agree with me that crocodiles and alligators are the most terrifying animal to stumble into in games. Scariest thing to hit? 
I think rabid dogs are pretty rough. Ooh, yeah, that's the, Resident, good. the Resident Evil dogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sarah knows those dogs very yeah. well. <laughs> scary. Why? It's, it's always the dogs in Japanese games that mm. are like really scary, but it doesn't really carry over into Western games as much. Like we don't have as many scary dogs, whereas in Japanese games, there's always a scary, angry dog. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know, Jeff. Have you got a scary animal? I was going to say sharks, but I think Ooh. that's more just underwater phobia as opposed to actual animal. Right, right. Okay. Are you weirded out by water? No, but it it's it's very specifically in video games being in water and having things like swimming under you or around you and it's hard to to tell where they are. That that freaking eel from Jolly Roger Bay back in Mario 64 <laughs> like ruined me. It broke so me. many people are talking about that. Uh, Cream McGee. <laughs> the music's so soothing though. Yeah, but his it face is, is not. Uh, Cream McGee writes in and says, Hey, Min Max, with the hugely positive response to Metroid Dread. Have you heard that, Jeff? Have you heard about this? Oh, okay, so it's I'm, good. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to keep beating that joke. <laughs> I promise, that was it. Um, I'll probably never bring it up again. But anyways, I've been thinking about how the Switch now has arguably the best Mario, Zelda, 2D Metroid, Mario Kart, Fire Emblem, Smash Brothers, Luigi's Mansion, WarriorWare, and Animal Crossing. All right, let, let's go through the list here. Because uh, Cree, I, I love you. I support you. Okay, best Mario. I love Odyssey. It's not the best Mario, right? It's the best Mario. Like for 3D though, I, I, I kind of rather. 3D I think Mario. I think out of any Mario, it's Galaxy or honestly, I would put 3D Land up there as well, which I know is not a popular opinion, but. Um, but okay. All right. Uh, Zelda. Yes. Yes. By and large, our Jeff, I'm holding yeah. back, but that's well, I mean, our... Link to the Past is on there too. So, well, I'm, let's talk, I'm let's fine. talk native here. 2D Metroid. Debatable. Some people say Metroid Dread's the best. Uh, Mario Kart. Uh, undebatable. Fire Emblem. Probably debatable. Smash Brothers. Yes. Luigi's Mansion. Probably yes. WarioWare. Yeah. I don't think so but sure animal crossing debatable debatable okay anyways Cree then asks what's the biggest nintendo franchise on the horizon or unannounced that you would love to see added to the switch's monster lineup what is it missing chibi robo that isn't a 2d side scroller please yep i banging you yeah forget earthbound forget mother three bring back chibi robo it is. Ooh. But like, I mean, you could count three deluxe being on there, but where's right. that one that you said was made already? Yeah, Miyamoto's like, yeah, that? it's already, we should already shrink wrap the case. It's ready to go. And that was like four years ago or something. Yeah, that's good. That's true. Uh, Andrew Burns writes in and asks, what is your predicted Metacritic score for Halo Infinite? Jeff, I'm right now. Ooh. Lock it in. What do you got? 83. <sighs> that's low. I'm going to go... 85. 87. Take it away, Sarah. I've never played Halo. So the oh, number... I only played one of them. Just, what, what's in your heart? Okay. 87. We're just saying numbers. 87. 87. 87 as well. Okay, there it's it is. It's all very unofficial. <laughs> wow. Can't believe Sarah went with 87. Uh, Chris Davies writes in and says, Hey, all love what you're doing. Congrats on the two-year anniversary. I'm excited to see what comes next. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for your support. Uh, my question is, what do you think is the least appreciated slash most overlooked slash least loved game that is in fact the most influential? Some examples that come to mind for me, we often talk about Halo and shooters, but don't give a lot of due to Battlefield 1942. That's interesting. Um, World of Warcraft is often cited when considering MMOs, but what about Second Life? 
Gears of War popularized the modern cover shooter mechanic, but it was games like Time Crisis and Winback that truly innovated. It's true. It's often not the first to do something that's going to be heralded as the as the most influential one. I don't know. What do y'all think of? Probably just some really old PC game that I can't even name that came up in a documentary that one yeah. random time. Like a lot of times when yeah. I've noticed folks are talking about the progression of games, <laughs> they'll be like, actually, we first saw decisions in, you know, this one game that yeah, barely looks like something. a game on PC King's that you Quest. never heard of. It's it's always just wizardry. Just whenever you're confused, the answer is, oh, everything that actually started in wizardry, I hear. Wizardry is the good one. Uh, just kind of. Jeff, I'm, I don't know, you were... 33 when wizardry came out is that is that about right yeah okay cool i it i was gonna say wolfenstein 3d which oh, just yeah. seems to just not be mentioned a lot i've, I've read a, a startling number of like the history of first person shooters and it's like it all started with doom right like, well they and the first thing that came to mind was bungie made like marathon or something yeah, like marathon that myth yeah but but it wasn't, you know, learning from that, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were doing their own thing anyway, and it, and that first step for them though was Wolfenstein 3D, and it laid a lot of the foundation. And it's, I mean, they they still make games in the series and stuff, so it's not like it's completely forgotten. But yeah, no, that's a good. One. Uh, Justin Mick. Elroy? Who can say? Uh, says, "Hey cohorts, my daughter Maddie was just born this weekend. It's been amazing. Good, congratulations. Hey." Welcome, Maddie. Uh, it's been amazing, but curious how Kyle and Jeffem handled gaming with newborns. Obviously, totally not a priority, <laughs> but was curious how they found time to get some gaming in occasionally. As of now, I foresee some handheld switch time while rocking her to sleep. What do you got, Jeffem? How do you do it? Yeah, that's really the answer is it has to be on a switch and just make sure you put it out of arm's reach once they get big enough to crawl around. Yeah. Is your kid just grabbing every electronic at this point? Oh, he, it's he. Let me tell you something. If you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna design a console in the future, don't put the pow, don't make the power button light up and play a sound when you press it Ooh. because he goes he goes for that Xbox button and he'll just sit there and press it repeatedly <laughs> even when I'm playing something. He's he shut it off on me so many times. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, he it's. It's scary how fast they figure out like how to swipe stuff and how to turn stuff on and off. And yeah, um, is and your it's kid all over? Is your kid walking? He he's to the point where he can pull himself up on stuff and then kind of shimmy down, you know, like along the side of a couch. And oh God! Things, but he's he's very close to walking, and then it's going to be just game over. And that sound in the background is because he knows we're talking about him. I think he's at the door right now. <laughs> shut up, everybody. <laughs> everybody seriously, shut up. Be cool. Be cool. Shh, be cool. He's going to learn how to open doors. It's going to be messed up. He's going to yep. do like the classic newscast barge in strut. Mm-hmm. Uh, that good <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Ian Sweetage writes in and says, Hello, MinMax with two N's. Though we're a couple days shy of it, congratulations on the two-year anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's definitely something to honk your own toot about. Thank you. That's a weird phrase, Ian, but I guess. Uh, seeing as how two is such an important aspect of MinMax's identity, and to commemorate the occasion, I have a little fun activity for you. I will provide a list of topics, and the panel will have to discuss... What is the second best version of blank? Second best trivia, I guess. Who is the second best Nintendo villain? I guess Ganondorf. Well, then who was, was the first? first? Bowser. 
Honestly, I don't really care. They're they're all about the same in my mind. <laughs> like I don't yeah. think. Sure, they're fine. Okay, all right. Hey, what is the second best season? That's a nice one. I think summer. That's what I was thinking too. With fall being the best, was fall yep. your best? Oh, correct. I'm glad we're fully yeah. on the same page. We were just not feeling spring. I would say winter nah, is my second sp- best. Spring doesn't know how to be. If spring could be it, it would be enough. What was it, sir? <laughs> I like winter. Really? Yeah. That's... I don't like, I don't, as somebody who like burns very easily mm. and doesn't like to be hot, like summer presents a lot of obstacles for me. Right. Um, you have to go outside a lot in summer, whereas in winter, <laughs> it's okay to stay inside. Smart. It's true. Smart. Yeah. Are you sure you're not just like pent up? Because like, this is going to be your first winter in how long now? A long time. Yeah. Uh, like three years or more, okay. probably. Oh, probably longer if you add Japan on. That would be like five years since I've had like a true Minnesota winter. Okay. So you guys can check back when this winter yeah. is over. You can all, we can all check in with me and see if I'm okay. Okay, good. Uh, what is the second best direct game sequel? For example, you could say Metal Gear Solid 2, but not Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh, I see. Okay, so it has to be number two. Um... Sorry, Janet. Uncharted 2? <laughs> sure. Um, What's the first? Really the best sequel? Like, well, it's such a weird question because it's yeah. like... Well, so, it's not like the... I don't know. So it's just the best game with number two in the title, I think. Oh, really? Oh, then that's like really high. Yeah. Of all time? Yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm, I'm, dang, I'm just panicking. I'm, I'm panicking. <laughs> I'm thinking now. The best two game. It's got to be obvious. What is it? Is it's that, not Portal 2 because that might be the best. So it would be what's one notch down from Portal 2. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, Zoo Tycoon 2? It, the answer is Zoo Tycoon sure. 2. That would be mine, uh, Zoo Tycoon 2. Uh-huh. What is the this? Marine Mania? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. What is the second best city of the Twin Cities? St. Paul. Minneapolis. Ooh, shots fired. Hey, good Twitter poll, Min Max. St. Paul or Minneapolis. Um, I appreciate St. Paul. It's just boring over there. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> I like it boring. Okay. Cold and boring. The Sarah Pensorsky story. Uh, let's see. What is the second best podcast about games, friends, and getting better? Probably Easy Allies. Um, something like that. Uh, not to tip your hand, but at this point, what do you consider to be the second best game released in 2021? Oh, we already covered Ooh. that. Um, Life is strange. Before your eyes. Chicory? Ooh. Jeff, I'm thinking. Back, back. I, I can't even figure out my first. <laughs> my second. Give me a break. Just say Metroid Dread, Jeff. I'm- yeah, sure. All right. There it is. Thank you so much, uh, Ian. Appreciate it. Um, what do y'all like for a question of the week? I like the one. You told me to remember them, and then I promptly forgot every single one. Yeah, and I made eye contact with you. Um, Pumpkin one. I like the. um, I like the stuff from the year you were born. I think that's an interesting little little thing there. Oh, that's cool. Uh, The Nintendo franchise, scary animals. Jeff, which way are you leaning? Let's do the year one. The year one. That That was fun. Reliving how old I am. There we go. <laughs> Reliving how old I am. Congratulations, L2 Larson. You win uh, Etherborn from I Am 8-Bit. Thank you so much to everybody who supports us on Patreon and submits a question every single week. We appreciate it. 
Uh, now it's time for something that we call Get a Load of This. Jeff, I'm, I want you to go first because I'm feeling so good about this. Uh, get a load of this. Um, this was a new announcement from Asmodee and Days of Wonder. Uh, they put out a breast cancer charity um, thing called Ticket to Ride Play Pink. And basically what it is, is it's if you've played Ticket to Ride, it's, it's kind of this family weight train game. Uh, but they put out just a little pack of player pieces that are colored pink for the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. And so you can just buy a, a, its own separate little pack. It's $5 and $2 of which goes uh, to the research, uh, breast cancer uh, research. Um, and it's, it's on sale now. And it's, I, I just like the idea that's, that's such a smart thing to, to sell on its own because people get really into like which player colors they can be in right. games. And selling it, you know, just like all the little plastic trains that you need is a cool idea. But to do it and actually support uh, a charity is also very good, too. Yeah, so. that's fun. I like the idea of like, yeah, if more tabletop games jump in, it's like, all right, here's some pink options if we didn't have pink tokens for players before. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, mine's too weird. Sarah, do you want to go next? Oh, yours is weird. Okay, yeah. let's jump into mine. Okay. Get a load of this. The newest anime coming to Disney Plus is called Disney Twisted Wonderland, which is based off a popular mobile otome game in Japan in which all your favorite Disney characters have been transformed into hot anime boys. No. And you as the protagonist have fallen through into Wonderland and you are going to a boarding school where there are different factions of Disney hot Disney anime guys <laughs> fighting with each other. Coming soon to Disney Plus. Is there the game is not available to play in the u.s i did check this is japan only yeah um, and there is a rhythm aspect to it and and this is not for you guys this is i'm looking at my weebs um uh -huh. the creator is the same creator that worked on black butler this is weebs only you you're not gonna get it Bl weebs black butler i'm what the heck was that sound <laughs> That was Only the non wipes can hear it. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That was the finish. <laughs> That's the how, end. That was the test. <laughs> it wasn't for us. Uh, what? So, like, what uh, Disney characters are in this thing? Then, who's hot now? Who is not in this game? To be quite <laughs> honest, like the Lion King characters are in this game. So, is it like as hot hot guys? So it's just Scar, uh, but he's just a hot guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just Scar. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Here, let me bring up the characters. The eyebrows. Because the you guys PM. seem to be... Let's see. Maleficent is in there. Okay. Hades. Hottie. Lion King. Mm -hmm. um, we got a lot of the two eels from Little Mermaid. Shut up. If you ever wanted Shut the two up. eels. So specific. and Jetsam? Those eels. Um, you can now. Both of them at once, obviously. Um, <laughs> a lot of uh, Alice in Wonderland going on in here. No. No. Yeah. Not the yeah, Cheshire I mean, cat. Like, nothing is off limits. Cruella DeVille is now just a hot guy. Wait, they're all men, too? They're, it's for women. They're all hot guys. Oh. I thought I was emphasizing that. Oh, I thought that you were just emphasizing it, but I didn't think that was the full no, menagerie. No, you can date here. them. Uh, finally, Corella Deville is a hot guy. It's everything we've always wanted. Um, mine is the complete opposite end of the world. Um, my get a load of this. I mean, hey, everybody, get a load of this. Um, you know how some podcasts have automated ads and they're always really annoying and obnoxious. I'm looking at you, Fire Escape Cast, but the podcasts are always fantastic. Anyways, there was this automated ad 
during one of those podcasts and he was promoting a podcast out of Ely, Minnesota, which is a small town in like the Boundary Waters way up north in Minnesota. And it's called My Ely Story. And so as I was beating my head against the boss, uh, against the wall for bosses in Metroid Dread, I was just listening to this podcast with people from Ely, Minnesota telling their life story and stuff. And it's just like good Minnesotan accent. It's really soothing if you grew up here. I really liked it. And this one guy, he's like 75 and he's talking about the history of the mines in Ely. But Jeff, you're, you're a guy who appreciates a good, good old timey joke. This joke, I've thought more about this joke than I should have, but he was talking uh, about the mine back in the day. And he's like, yeah, I remember one time my boss was being interviewed about the mine and somebody asked my boss then, how many people work in the mine? And my boss said, "Eh, about half. And that was the, that was the joke. And I've thought about the structure of that joke a lot. And I, I just think it's a really good old timey joke that I've never heard before. Are you disagreeing? Are you thinking? What, what's going through your mind, about Jeffem? that they're not working, like they're slacking yeah, off? Yeah, that, that it's a bunch of slackers that work there. That's the joke. Okay. Okay, then. Anyways, it's called My Ely Story. Check it out. Um, Janet, you have something to redeem that? I don't know if I say redeem, but get a load of this. Um, I have a, another story from Late Stage Capitalism, Ooh. where we currently live. Um, this is an, an article I'm pulling up from Vox. That's what's the deal with fictional influencers. I first found out about this phenomenon on TikTok, Ooh. but there are fictional influencers. They, they are real people, but they're actors basically pretending to have a certain interesting life story. And I guess, I don't know, I'm guessing they're going to like end up selling you something. But the company is called, I'm sure maybe multiple companies do this, but the company that this article is about is called Forefront. And it's co-founded by like a screenwriter. And the company has launched 22 stories or character arcs, um, eight of them ongoing since spring. And like an example of a story is like, there's the character Sydney. And in her story, her sister's fiance is cheating. And she's like telling these stories as if she's like a regular person as if it really happened but it's all fake um and sometimes they're like like i've looked at some of these accounts and sometimes they have like oh like hashtag fictional or whatever in their like description but it's very like weirdly uncomfortably futuristic and odd and i i just didn't even know this was a thing that happened and apparently they're trying to like culminate it into like an mcu style universe where the characters like run into each other yeah it's like it's like super scary so Look out for Wait, those fictional influencers. We're, we're all real here, right? Raise your hand if you're not you, real. You have to you have to say if you're you're a fictional character right now. Legally. And we already confirmed you're not an AI, but we don't know that we're not fictional characters. That's a separate field. Anyways, my Jeff, persona I'm, has played these games. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be really hard to do. I don't even know how you'd pull it off. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's strange. That's fun. There's it's links below for all this fun stuff. Uh Jeff, are you going from the community? Yeah, get a load of this. Uh, an attack corgi shared this one, um, and it's an app tracker that uh, tracks your. It's like a walking app, um, but it tracks your progress through Mordor. So, at oh, however God. distance Cute. you go, it takes all the distances from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Apparently, the book trilogy, not the movie trilogy, which the book trilogy apparently goes even farther. It's like 1900 miles. Really? But it will show you, it will show you the milestones of how close you are to each like different location and, and event in the book. That's fun. Oh, and, 
So and then when you get to the end, you have to drop your wedding ring on the ground and then turn around. And you walk have to back. bite your finger off and then throw <laughs> your your ring in a pit. Wish it didn't have to be this way. Uh, all right, that's it for this episode of the MinMax Show podcast. Uh, we have stuff coming up this Friday. We have an anniversary stream happening on our YouTube channel. We're trying to hit that goal on Patreon. So thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon, tunes into the stream. There should be some old returning faces jumping into that stream. So it should be a good time. But this is all uh, to celebrate our second anniversary. And just to reiterate, we exist because of you watching or listening to this, subscribing to our YouTube channel, subscribing to the podcast, especially to everybody who goes to patreon.com slash minmax with two N's. I know those are just syllables that I say repeatedly on every episode of the podcast, but it's like a real URL you can type in uh, on a browser. And $2 for two years, just one month at that $2 tier, all we're asking, we're just trying to hit this goal. So if any of our content has been worth $2 for the last two years for you, we'd appreciate the support. Um, and let's see, uh, Trivia Tower All-Stars happened on Monday. That was wild. Uh, we had 24 people from around the game industry, and it was a really good time, a really intense competition. We ended up giving $2,000 away to the charity of the winner's choice. Um, thanks to Pop Agenda, the indie publishing team, they doubled their prize pool at the last second, which is amazing. Um, so if you want to watch a very fun trivia tower competition with a lot of folks from around the industry that you know and love, uh, you can jump in there and watch that on YouTube. Any help sharing that's appreciated. Also, if you see that and you say, hey, I'd like to have some fun as well. Uh, you can jump in and compete in Trivia Tower because we have a community episode happening on October 24th at 1 p.m. Central. So it is a European-friendly time zone if you want to jump in, Europeans. And again, you can compete in Trivia Tower and win an Asteroid 40 headset, uh, game code for Tales of Arise, Tetris Effect Connected, Before Your Eyes. Uh, we have a ton of game codes to give away, and you can jump in and compete in video game trivia if you're at that $2 tier. So help us hit our goal on Patreon and compete in fun video game trivia this Sunday by supporting us for Trivia Tower. Janet, how was Trivia Tower All-Stars? What was it like to finally compete there? Oh, man, it was it was brutal. I got, fr fr spoilers, I got rocked in the head, <laughs> but it was super fun um, to actually be in on it, especially because the night before I watched like two of them. For oh, fun. really? Like I just get, yeah, because I never like really, like I knew what it was, but I never actually like went into the VODs and watched it on YouTube. Yeah. And I, I watched it with my boyfriend. We would like play along and I'm so impressed by like how knowledgeable our community is at figuring out this stuff. And I think the rounds are like incredibly fun. Like, I know I'm just selling the thing that I'm tangentially a part of, but it, I legitimately had a really fun time watching it. Like, oh, that's awesome. If you have not watched it, like, go watch them. They're so fun to, like, try to play along with. Yeah, and then competing that's was like just... Real, but competing was too stressful. No, it's not that it was too stressful. It's just that I didn't... The nice thing is I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know the answer. I'm just like, well, hopefully I know the next one. Like, I <laughs> right, pretty much... Right. I don't think there's one that I was like, oh, I was so close. Like, no, I had no idea. It just was a... <laughs> It was just an, it was just not my round. But then and then y'all did music and I'm like, I would have died there either way. So it was yeah. kind of there's definitely some challenges there. Yeah, it was Super really fun. fun though. I'm really happy with how it all turned out. Um, but let's see, um, because of our anniversary uh, this week, we have something that we call free week where we're giving away a bunch of Patreon benefit tiers. Um, like if you notice, the wall of heroes has been extra stacked on this episode, which is the image rotating on every Mimnax video um, because we just opened it up to, hey, jump over here if you're a patron supporter at any tier, not the standard $100 tier, and submit an image. And so we've had a lot of great stuff, so thanks to everybody who's jumped in there. Uh, we also have 
Jeffum. You might remember that The Deepest Dive, that's up on YouTube for everybody, but if you want to unlock the podcast version of The Deepest Dive, that's that $5 tier on Patreon. But because it's free week, we wanted to give away what is my favorite Deepest Dive, which is Final Fantasy VII Remake. No offense to Animal Crossing, no offense to Metroid Dread, and, and all guests present. Um, but uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is my favorite Deepest Dive, and so the first episode of the Final Fantasy VII Remake Deepest Dive is available to everybody for free it is in the podcast feed of our music podcast, Crossfade. So go on your favorite podcast app, search Crossfade, and look for MinMax's music podcast there. And the first episode of The Deepest Dive on Final Fantasy VII is there, available for you. And if you enjoy listening to those as a podcast, we'd always appreciate the support on Patreon where you can unlock all of them as podcasts. It's quite easy. Um, let's see. Anybody else have something to plug? Sarah, what's going on with you? Oh, you know, still playing horror games on my Twitch channel at okay. Pods. Uh, I have gotten better, so it turns out exposing yourself to fear every day of your life, it, does, it gets easier. Nice. It does get easier. I was really surprised. I was like, I'm not, I can still feel my arms. <laughs> um, so we're still pushing through that. It's been fun, mostly. Perfect. All right. That's great. Uh, and that's twitch.tv slash Pods. Pods. Great. Janet, what's going on with you? Uh, yeah, if you head over to my Twitter account, it's at GameOnesis, or you could also just search this up. But I don't think I mentioned it here, but I made it to the final round, the final round of uh, the Game Horror Awards. I'm nominated for Streamer uh, in the Rising Star category. Like, if you go down to Rising Star, I'm under Streamer. Nice. Uh, so if you could vote for me there, I, that would uh, mean a lot to me. I'd really appreciate it. Voting is open until October 25th. But just do it as soon as you hear it, because I, too, am too lazy to, like, fill out little forms and things. Just go do it. I'd appreciate the hell out of it. Um, but, yeah, it's really cool to have made it this far. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, also, one last thing to plug on our end is uh, if you follow us on Instagram, MinMax Show on Instagram, give us a follow. We do a daily story every single day, uh, I'd argue, talking about what we're working on, what's going up, when, uh, behind-the-scenes look, all that fun stuff. But give us a follow on Instagram and like the post that has the carousel announcing the release of this episode of the podcast. Leave a comment. This is the secret, Jeff. I'm leave a comment on the Instagram post saying your favorite part of this episode of the podcast, and you're automatically in the running to win a code for Before Your Eyes on Steam. Uh, one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, so free game code. All you gotta do is leave a comment on that Instagram post announcing this podcast episode is live. Uh, last week, congratulations to James Lutton, who won a code for Tetris Effect Connected on the Nintendo Switch by doing just that. So we are actually sending out these game codes, everybody. So thanks for the support. Thanks for the follows. All right. That's it, everybody. Thank you. And thank you to everybody at the Thank You Crew over on Patreon. The $50 supporters, their names go like this. Synced Up Podcast, Timmy Ty, Oh No, Fixture Gaming, Fixture S1, I Am 8-Bit, Zachary Pliggy, Ludwig Roque, Brian with a Y, Andrew Valla, Beaten Down Brian, PrettyGoodPrinting.com, Dwar Hello, Mark Seliga, John Higby, Mirko Arico Torreno, Connor McCabe, Drew Aranis, Dan Valone, Steve Bamdad, Purebred Number 6, Clement Zobel, Ted Reiser, Jeff Um. Your favorite is up next. And I really got I got to remember how to say his name one of these times. Pre Lagar Lagata. Close. Pretham Yard Lagata, Star Killer, Spider Dan, Spiral in Your Eyes, and General Nadine 99. Thank you so much, everybody. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Let's go.